Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, hopefully, sorry, I'm out of breath. Um, I am, I'm here. I am here and I'm happy to be here. Today is Thursday, October 12th, and I am running from place to place because it's been such a crazy day. Every morning has proved to be a little bit chaotic, which is why my schedule is definitely still very, very off this week. Um, it's all, you know, to be expected. Phone calls, oh, whoops. Phone calls are coming in nonstop. Um, and the news has reached out to me, local news. And a variety of different things that are coming up, like people want to interview me, people want me on their podcast to talk about this. I, I told Lance, I was like, I think I, I inadvertently woke up and like became an activist. Like I didn't, not just today, obviously, but these last couple of days, it's like, obviously, um, I this is not my platform. It's not something I do is talk about like politics or this isn't even about politics. It's just like humane issues. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not very comfortable with this opportunity, like with this moment. Right. But I want to explain to you guys before we get into the show and trust me, we have a lot to talk about today with OC and a few other things. I want to tell you, um, just like, I really think so. Okay. So this is a struggle every day for me to do this show. And it's a welcomed struggle. I say it in a way like I want to do this, um, but I want you to understand where I feel, right? Like in every day, I'm going to tell you guys, because you know, this show is called Daily Dose of Donna. You don't tune in, at least my dosers don't tune in just to hear about OC. You want to hear about kind of a little bit of my take on things, my life. And I hear you guys um, in the DMs and the comments, and I appreciate you guys so much for everything you're saying. So because of that, I started a story on Monday and I'm not letting it go. And I do have a platform and I do have a voice here. And you know what's crazy is the girls on The Toast, which I posted about, there's a podcast called The Toast and it's the Ashray sisters. And you can say whatever you want about if you like them, don't like them. You know, people will always find things that they don't like about everyone, right? But one thing that I really do appreciate them about them and um, a lot of Jewish people in the world right now appreciate them is that they're openly speaking about this on a very popular podcast. Those girls have a podcast that's always like top rated, right? And it's daily and it's scary to speak out, right? That's why a lot of people aren't speaking out is because it is scary to speak out. So I look at them as a little bit of a North star in this moment, because when I see these two young women I call them young because they're younger than me. When I when I see these two young women not giving, as Andrew says, zero fucks about going out and just sharing their thoughts and their feelings and getting vulnerable and getting angry and, and going through the motions of grief, which is really what we're experiencing, um, I, I'm like, they, they're doing it. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I can do this. 
they're, they have a very interesting take on everything this week, and I, I really want to share it with you guys. I mentioned it last night on my Patreon episode. This idea of what they're calling, they're calling it Boeing. Booing? Booing? Boeing. B-U-O-Y. What's that called? Booey? Booing. <laughs> I'm blonde. Um, in war. In times of struggle, and I'm sure after 9-11, this was exactly what people went through. I'm too young to remember because I was in college, so I didn't like listen to comedians that much at that time. I didn't, I don't, I don't, we didn't have podcasts. I don't know who had like daily comedy shows, but there were people in that time of 9-11 and really, really scary times in our life whose jobs it was to come on to TV whether they were the Rosie O'Donnell show or like Ellen DeGeneres or the nightly talk shows, the comedy shows, and now with all the podcasts and everything, their jobs are to keep people's spirits high. In war, in times of struggle in life, you're always going to have people that have roles, right? I have girlfriends whose roles are um, fundraising right now. They are sending text messages, donate here, donate here, donate there. And by the way, I don't, I need to figure out how to do this, but tomorrow I'm going to do a special episode where I'm going to donate any proceeds that I'm making from, you know, any of the stickers or the member, whatever you guys give me on YouTube and the, the amount of money that show makes on YouTube that will all be donated. So I'm going to figure out how to do a show that is like a fundraising show, but there are people out there that really fundraise. That's what they do for a living. Like when, when times are tough, they're like, how do we get collect? How do we get money? How do we get items? How do we organize? There's people out there who are nurturers. There are people that call in and check in and oh my gosh, how many calls and check-ins I've gotten this week. It's unbelievable from all walks of life, right? That call, how are you? What can I do for you? They send you coffee. They just give, they, sh they shine light, light and love. And then there's people who are on the front lines who will go, you know, this morning, my friend, um, she called me, she's, we go to school together. Our kids go to school together. And she told me about, I, and I didn't even know this. One of my son's friends in his grade, her dad and, um, brother are in Israel right now. They were visiting the dad, and I'll share his account on my Instagram stories later. The dad is a beautiful artist and he is in Israel and decided to leave his kids with his family in a safe zone in Tel Aviv and drive to Gaza, which is a few hours south, and is volunteering his time to collect and clean the ravaged areas, the dead bodies. This is a, an artist from Los Angeles. And he's posting all about it on his Instagram. There are people out there that are willing to put themselves in a place of risk and also in God knows what kind of trauma to collect, to, to clean up, to help. And then there's people like me who I'm not a great supporter. Um, I mean, sorry, organizer. I'm not a great fundraiser. I'm not a great, you know, calling and checking in on every single person I know. But what my role right now is, is to put a smile on your guys' face in really dark times. And I know I haven't been doing the best job because on my Instagram stories, I'm posting a lot of like scary shit, but I'm trying really hard to just be a little bit of a bridge between like America and the people that like pop culture and, and what's happening in the Middle East where a lot of you guys don't really connect with the Middle East. No, no like 
harm in that statement, but it is just like giving you guys a little bit of a humanity side to what's happening because you know me now and you know my kids and you know my husband and you know my life. And so it's, it's a way for you guys to feel a little bit more maybe connected to it. And that's my job. And I'm also going to try to make you guys laugh. And I'm also going to pull out Sob and Robin eyebrows in every episode. Hopefully I'll find a way and talk about Co cringy Cody and his pecs and also talk about, you know, Tamara and her screaming on the OC reunion and Shannon Storm's Bedore, just you wait. And, you know, if you guys have, I'm seeing the comments come in. If you guys have some really good ways of you think of thinking that how I can use my show to organize or fundraise or anything, please let me know. Shoot me a DM. I'm slowly getting through my DMs over on Instagram or leave a comment here. I am really, really trying to connect and back with you guys and respond whenever I have extra 10 minutes. But the problem is they just keep coming in, which is amazing. But I'm just like, I'm sure so many have come in that I just have missed. So just nudge me and say hi. Um, I want to talk about really fast one person, I want to shout out one person who is raising money. Um, she is at my school. She's a mom at my school and she's also a caterer. I'm going to be posting this on my Instagram stories later. So just feel free to, um, you know, check it out and follow me and just make sure that you can see it. But she is doing something beautiful. I'll show you guys here on YouTube as well. In case you're not on Instagram, it's called chicken soup for the soldiers. It's a chicken matzo ball soup sale. All proceeds go towards the friends of Israeli defense force, the FIDF. And, um, if you're here in the Los Angeles, area. She's going to have three locations, Northridge, Encino, and Glendale, which are all kind of in the Valley area. Um, and she, she's order and she's amazing at her job. So I will be posting that chicken soup for the soldiers. You'll get more information. Um, and there's so many amazing organizations that Noah Tishby is, is putting out there. Aaron Leachy and Bethany Frankel. Let's talk about this for a second. Aaron um, from Real Housewives of New York, the new cast, and then OG Bethany Frankel are both, um, you know how funny this is, you guys? You know my feelings on Bethany. My feelings on Bethany as a like reality reckoning and TikTok star are challenging. But what Bethany has done and always has been really amazing at is her uh, coordination efforts in terms of be strong and how she goes and her relief efforts. We've always said this, right? She's been amazing for so many disasters, so many natural disasters in the past. And I truly look at her and think like, wow, this girl knows what she's doing. Like talk about roles in tough times. She is, a her role is really, really well. Um, she's really good at like getting shit done, right? Like gathering the people and gathering the supplies and like helping people. So I will always like, I've always said that about Bethany, right? Bethany, be strong has always been her good moments. And she is really speaking up and helping with Israel efforts. And I appreciate that beyond. Um, and then Erin was speaking about today on her um, Instagram. She said she woke up feeling helpless, which we are all feeling. We are all feeling helpless. And she's basically saying that, you know, the best thing to do when you're struggling with anything, the best thing to do is do something right? Rather than sit in your home and just feel like the world is so scary and it's too big and I don't know what to do and my voice means nothing and what am I going to do and how am I going to help? Do something, right? So, so for some of you guys, that may just be posting an Instagram story 
that's okay. It's support. Maybe for some of someone else, it's collecting donations. Maybe for someone else, it's going and helping in some sort of relief fund or donating some goods or buying some flashlights for the soldiers. Who knows what, but whatever it is that you're doing, maybe it's just calling a friend. Maybe it's calling a Jewish friend of yours that you know is struggling and, and saying, I'm here. I'm with you. That's all that matters. You know, like I can't tell you how many DMs and texts I'm getting that just say that. It's enough. It's wonderful. So just know that you are not too small and you don't have too little of power. You don't have too little of humanitarian efforts or an audience to do something and change people's lives. So I truly believe that we have to take care of ourselves and take giving and helping actually is good for your soul. You know, doing the show makes me feel better because I know I'm giving you guys something. And so I, I don't know. I just think that there's some, some beauty to be said in that. Um, you know, it's a really, just as, as I wrap up the Israel conversation, and then I'm going to get into the shows and all the conversations about, um, TV. What has happened over the last four days, five days, six days, it's been so traumatic for Jews. Maybe, maybe for, I'm speaking for myself. Okay. Maybe for Palestinians too, but I'm speaking as a Jew. I know only my experience. It's, incredible trauma because it's our biggest fear. As a Jewish person, when you're born, you are raised to be scared of extermination. That is literally the first thing that I remember learning about being a Jew was the Holocaust. And we were raised to be scared of this moment. And this moment is coming true in front of our eyes in a different way, of course. You know, we're not seeing it exactly play out like Schindler's List, but it's a different version of the same. And we are incredibly scared and we're incredibly uneasy and we're very, very, very sad. So I have friends of mine from when I was 16 and went to Israel for eight weeks sending out group texts this morning. We're all seeing the same things. These are agents at big um, agencies here in Los Angeles. They're teachers, they're therapists, they're, they're um, like real estate head honchos. These are very, very successful people who are scared. When I'm sending out a DM, I have a few different business owner friends, like content creators and business owners online who I connect with so much. My girlfriends that I've known because we've taken masterminds together, we have a group text that we send together. We all feel the same. We feel like we're living in an alternate real reality as a Jewish person right now. So just, I'm just saying this not to minimize anyone else's experience. I'm just sharing with you my experience so that you guys know when you're seeing Jews very, very um, affected by this. I want you to really, truly, as someone that is not a highly, you know, political or human, like, um, thank you so much, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, that means so much. I, I truly, I want you to know how, how incredibly scared we are because not only are we living our worst fear, but we're re-traumatizing and having to relive the trauma on an hourly, on a minute to minute basis because of the comments that we're getting in our DMs and on other people's feeds where you're seeing horrific, horrendous, unlike you've ever seen in our modern times images of, of I, 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 do I need to even repeat? Do I even need to repeat? 
of the horrendous, if you're opening your eyes, you're seeing the images. And yet that's not enough. It's not enough to see those images for us to feel like now they're going to get it. We still have to defend ourselves. We have to defend ourselves after being massacred in the most inhumane, barbaric way we've ever seen in our lifetime. Not just Jews, Americans too. We've never seen anything like what we've seen just now in Israel. Never. And remember, Israel is a modern country. Israel is the home of Waze, Riverside, where I record all my podcasts. That's in Israel. Israel is a modern, amazing, smart country. This is not, we're not talking about third world shit. We're talking about a country where you can be free and be yourself and be gay and be a, a woman in a thong and you can live your life free. And the massacres that we've seen is stuff out of Roman Empire shit. It's not fathomable. So I won't stop talking about it. And I'm sorry for those of you guys that are really, really triggered or don't want to hear about it. I am so sorry about it. But it would be insane for me not to talk about it. How can I not talk about it? How can I not talk about it? I have an audience. I want you guys to learn. And I, I'm not saying there's no other people that are suffering. I'm just telling you my experience. Okay? Um. And I feel better when I do it because I get it out. It's like therapy. And now we're going to move on, you guys. Let's move on. Um, thank you so much for hearing this every day. It really means a lot that you guys are sitting here and you're listening live. And I see the numbers and I see your comments. And I know that you guys are here and you're not scared to listen and you're not running away from it. And that on its own, I feel like I'm doing a good job. I feel like I'm doing a really, really good job. I keep talking about it. Because if I can change one of your guys' minds about this, I would feel so much better. Okay, let's move on. And let's talk about Shannon Storm's Bador. Oh my goodness, you guys. I admit, it's very hard to watch just like whatever TV, reality TV, and like take it seriously. It's so hard to because I'm like, oh, who cares? That's how I feel. Like I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm like annoyed, I'm negative. That's how I feel. But I was able to kind of like, you know, compartmentalize and watch Shannon Storm's Bador and her lioness hair really go to town in the OC reunion last night. I'm curious. Did you guys watch it? What are your takeaways? Okay. Last week's episode, last week's reunion, I was left with like a feeling of, I think that Gina is amazing for standing up to Shannon. Um. It started, the episode today started, or yesterday started with the same conversation. It was like wrapping up that conversation. And in the beginning, there was like a little commercial break, but they didn't really go to commercial. The set went to commercial. So um, you see Heather talking to Gina and Heather's like, don't expect an apology from Shannon. Like, Shannon, it's not going to happen. We're not going to get an apology from Shannon. And Gina is like, I know, and she's crying and it's so hard. I don't know if I've ever disliked Shannon Storm's Bador any more than I did watching this reunion. If anyone out there is a Shannon supporter and think that what she's doing and how she's handled all of these conversations and everything that she's done in this season and prior seasons too, let's be honest. If you truly think that she is acting in a stand-up way and she's taking accountability and she's like, you know, poor Shannon, I would like to know 
why? What am I missing? What am I missing here? Because I don't see it. Shannon is someone, you know who Shannon is? She's someone that I would run away, run away from as a friend. Shannon is someone that would literally do an awful thing to you, be seen, shown footage of it, and still not recognize her actions. I can't handle that. I think I've, I've learned, I've come to learn that I think that that's my most triggered um, like personality trait in someone is when they're not able to say, I'm sorry or take accountability because now we're seeing it everywhere, right? In, in our lives, we're seeing it across the board with, with celebrities, we're seeing it with reality stars, we're seeing it with podcasters, we're seeing all these people that are not able to say, hey, I said something wrong, I'm sorry. It shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. You know, actually, I'm going to take this moment right now and apologize for something I said. Because I, I, and I got one comment yesterday, but one comment is enough. I was talking about Mary from Salt Lake City yesterday. And I was talking about the fact that she like really struggles with social interactions and she has no filter. And she says like things that are awkward and uncomfortable and she hurts people's feelings, et cetera, et cetera. And so I said something, I said, maybe she's on the spectrum. And I got a DM from someone, from one of my dosers who said, hey, Donna, I, I love your podcast and I listen every day, but I do know that, um, you know, my, my child is on the spectrum and it's a little hurtful that you said that about my child being on the spectrum. I mean, about Mary being on the spectrum because it just gives a very bad connotation to people being on the spectrum as being rude. And I said, oh my God. I can't even believe that I would ever, ever like make that, um, you know, reference. Like that's not something I would ever do. I, I, I have many, many friends of mine who are, um, who have children on the spectrum and God, I just felt awful about it. So of course I apologize to her, but I'm apologizing publicly because I never, ever would want anyone to feel that way about my words. Like that's not who I am. So I'm sorry. Um, I think Mary's just a bitch. How about that? How about that? Um, okay, so let's keep going. So anyway, um, and I also understand, okay, this is the, the episode of Tangents. I also understand that we're all going to have a reaction to things that are very sensitive to us. For example, this doser has a child on the spectrum. So they're hearing anything about the spectrum in a very different way than, oh my God, as my boobs come out, then, um, you know, someone else that isn't on the spectrum or doesn't have a child on the spectrum. Just like yesterday, I mentioned the podcaster, Chris Frangiola, the comedian, and I talked about his joke about Gaza. And I, I was left after that conversation here on the show and go back to yesterday's show if you don't know what I'm talking about. But I was left feeling so sick about it because it was laughed about in his Facebook group. Someone said, you're talking about it. And it, he laughed at it and I commented in a very nice way on his Instagram account, on his post. And I just said, hey, Chris, you know, just so you know, it was kind of like hurtful to hear you joke about the Gaza Strip comparing it to, you know, that that seems like a better place to be than hanging hang out with Jeff Lewis and his chumps at Hollywood Horror Nights. I don't care if he talks about Jeff Lewis. I don't care if he talks about Kelly Dodd. I don't care if he talks about me. But like, let's not talk about, let's not joke about that when like literally the blood is still wet. You know what I mean? And 
his reaction was none. He watched my stories. I saw that he watched my stories. He deleted the post. He did not respond to me whatsoever. And then he joked about it in his Facebook group like he doesn't give a shit. So I just want to say I'm so bummed about that. Like it really devastated me. And um, not because I need to be close to him or need anything like that. But I just I am so confused when people hear that they've hurt someone with their words and they don't give a shit. Like it's so confusing to me. Maybe I'm just like <clears throat> born on a different planet here, but I guess as a comedian, you're used to offending people and 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 maybe that's what it is. And I know a lot of you guys said that, you know, he's a really good person and he is probably. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he intentionally tried to hurt people with that comment. I just wish someone would, I wish he would just say like, whoa, that was a low fucking move. I should probably not have said that. Sorry. Like, it's so easy to say that. And do you know the respect I would have for him if he just said, like, you're right. That was like, that was lame. Alas, you can't change other people. Um, and I'm not trying to change other people. And he, if he, he's going to hear about this at some point because people talk about these things all the time. And I'm sure he'll laugh and, and like want to pee on my podcast. Like, he doesn't give a shit. But it hurt, it hurt me hurt me. Um, okay. So let's keep it going. Y'all. Um, anyway, Shannon storms, Bedore. she cannot take any accountability. And then what makes it worse for Shannon storms, Bedore is that she is always the victim. Do you guys feel this about Shannon? She is the victim in every single conversation. She is the victim with her conversations with um, Tamara. She's the victim in her conversations with Emily, with Gina, with Heather, probably with John Jansen, definitely with, you know, anyone that she's come across in the past. If you can never say, hey, maybe, maybe I'm doing something here wrong. And you can only say, no, it's because of you and it's you and it's you and it's you. It is so difficult. It's like, it's like fighting with a toddler. Literally, it's like fighting with a four-year-old, right? And I just don't get why you would, like, why she couldn't just say, you're right, Gina, I'm sorry. It would have been so easy. And Tamara, I wish Tamara would have said, Gina, I mean, Shannon, just say you're sorry. My gut feeling from watching this reunion is that Tamara doesn't like Shannon. Do you guys feel this? Tamara is not Team Shannon. Like they have to be Team Shannon, Tamara, because of Trace Amigas, maybe. But I don't get the feeling from watching the show, the season, and then this, of course, this reunion. I do not get the feeling that Tamara's got Shannon's back. I mean, I don't know if Shannon's got Tamara's back, but I just don't feel like it's a good relationship. When the John Jansen conversation and the Heather conversation came up. I, look, I have told you guys this. I am not wish wishy-washy here and I'm not flippy floppy or whatever the hell you want to call it. But I am 100% not getting why Heather Dubrow got murdered on that show. It made no sense to me the entire season and it still doesn't make sense to me watching the reunion. None of it makes sense. Emily, like, hates Heather. Hates Heather. Her her anger and her vitriol against Heather is just so awful. And same with Tamara. And then Tamara and Shannon, of course, too. Everyone just is using Heather as a scapegoat. It didn't make any sense to me. I really honestly did not get it. I don't like it. it. It's like such a deflection. It's such a projection. It's so Shannon not looking inward and saying, what is my issue here with John? Let me blame every single person other than 
me. Now let's talk for a second about the Shannon and John Jansen relationship. Oh gosh, you guys, Shannon and John Jansen. I've said this from the, the moment that DUI happened. I said, John Jansen is the problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. He should be singing that. Not that I'm saying that John Jansen is the entire problem, but the John Jansen and Shannon Storms Bedore relationship is, is the Middle East. It ain't working. And one of them is making the other one explode. And that's that's what it is. They're triggering the shit out of each other. They're obviously getting into some negative patterns of fighting, of ghosting. She said that he ghosts her, which, by the way, this idea of, um, you know, I just have fights that paralyze me. I don't have affairs. I just have fights that paralyze me. This fights that paralyze me thing, being ghosted. I'll say this like really because I remember when Lance and I first got together, you guys like know all about my relationship with Lance now. When Lance and I first got together, he would do similar things when we would fight. He would leave. This is before we were like living together, right? This is early, early. He would leave and he would like not text me back. And it was so hurtful and it would last like a few hours, but I hated it so much. Being ghosted in an argument is so so horrible because it's one thing if like a guy says, um, I just need a break. Like, I just need a few minutes. Like I'll, t- I'll call you later. Cause that's okay. You're allowed to like have a break, but to ghost is so awful. The fact that this woman at her age, how old is Shannon? 60 almost. The fact that this woman at her age is sitting and dealing with this, like the way our, our teenage daughters deal with it, like is embarrassing. And she even said, I'm so embarrassed. They were like, you shouldn't be. Yeah, you kind of should have. Like, you kind of should be embarrassed of the way you acted this season. It was so, so awful. Oh, my gosh. What is the, what is S-E-K? I got an S-E-K gift, and I don't know what S-E-K is. Thank you so much. Um, Maya, I appreciate you. That's my niece's name. So, I agree. Her daughters need to step in and help her. It's like, it's so bad. And the daughters are, you know, well, look, we don't know. Maybe the daughters have stepped in and helped her. We can't, like, there's not really a way to know if that's really actually happening or not. But what we do know is that in this relationship with this man who, like, brutally broke up with her a a week after filming stopped. So he wanted to look good on camera. Then he broke up with her a week after, um, you know, uh, the show ended which just looks so embarrassing for her because she like fights so strong for him. And, um, and then she goes and is still with him. And we know that you guys, that reunion was filmed 10 days before the arrest. That reunion was probably filmed two months ago and she's still with him. And how embarrassing is he kind of like a friends with benefits? And she's like, sometimes, Oh, they're, you know what they are? They're drinking buddies. They're drinking buddies. They're those people that you go out with and you party with and you hook up with. It's like the the 2 a.m., the 2 a.m., you know, booty callers. That's what it really feels like. Are they really broken up, Heidi? I don't know. I think that she, um, I think they're, they have a sick codependent relationship, it sounds like, because anyone with a right mind would say like, hey, Shannon, break up with him. And anyone with a right mind would be like, John, leave her. Like, they should not be together, Right. Now, it isn't. Now, Chris just said something really interesting. I disagree. It's not up to the daughters to help her. They're too young. Absolutely. It's not their job, 
but they are all adults and, you know, in college and stuff. And I feel like, like they probably are seeing what's really happening. I know they love their mom so much. I'm sure the DUI scared the living shit out of them as it would me. Oh my God. To imagine that your adult mom, like when you're an adult is getting a DUI and like, she's a public figure and all your friends know, and you're new in college, like you can tell, but this is the thing about Shannon is like, you don't have to say much for her to break down into tears. And whenever you have someone that is so on the verge of tears all the time, all the time, this is not just in the reunion. This is like the entire season, six seasons of it. It feels like, it feels like you're so unhappy. And I don't want to like just judge Shannon for being so unhappy, but I really truly believe when I see Shannon in these moments, this is 10 days before her arrest, she truly looks to me as someone that is like severely unhappy. She's unhappy in her relationship. She's unhappy in her body. She's unhappy with the fact that she's an empty nester. She's unhappy with all her girlfriends. She's probably drinking too much. Like it's not a positive vibe. You know how some people just emit positive energy? Shania and the lion did not emit positive energy at all this whole season. Now, yes, she's been like that her first season, Queen Hermit says. I agree. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a downer. She's a downer a little bit, right? And it's weird because she also has that side of her that's like, I know like the Vicky Trace Amiga side, but it feels fake. It feels put on in my opinion. Um, that being said, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I still can't believe that we haven't gotten one announcement from Shannon. Not one sentence, not one anything about how she's feeling apologetic or sorry. There were pictures being taken of her the other day, uh, just like walking. She had a cast on her arm. Clearly she really hurt herself. I mean, yeah. If you look at the intensity that she hit that wall and, you know, she was probably, you know, when you're drunk, they say that you don't feel the pain until the next day or whatever. She was probably like in an adrenaline kind of like, you know, moment. I I, I do not believe that Shannon is positive for the show, I think, or I should, should say, I don't believe the show is positive for Shannon. That being said, if the show gets rid of Shannon, what the hell else does she have right now? Like, I worry about her, but she really needs to enter some sort of therapy treatment that is not just like has a moment to talk about alcohol, which is what the statement said. You know, a TMZ statement said, came out saying like, it has a, like, it has a little bit of a connection to alcohol. No, it should be a alcohol. I shouldn't be like judging people on this because I'm not going to do that. But oh my gosh, sweet life is so funny. They said she broke the fifth wall. Someone said that the other day. She doesn't only break the fourth wall talking to producers, but she literally broke the fifth wall, which was that person's house. Um, it's toxic. It's negative. It's angry. She's blaming everyone around her, but herself, she's blaming literally, she will blame a cameraman for being, she, you know, she probably blamed Archie for the accident. She's blaming the drink that she was given for the accident or probably the Mercedes or the BMW, whatever she was driving. Like she'll blame that, that those kinds of people need to do some serious inner work, right? That's just my feeling. Not into it. Um, at least like, okay. So then there was of course a little dust up between Tamara and Heather. And I'm, pro Heather on this season. I've said it the entire time. Um, I personally don't feel like Heather deserved all the shit she got. And Tamara had a vendetta. I thought watching the season, I thought Tamara had a serious vendetta out against 
um, Heather and was just like, I want, I want to take her down. She doesn't like Heather. She went off on Andy Cohen. Did you guys see that one part where she, where Andy just like called her out for being hypocritical because she's, he's like, you're talking shit about all these people. And she's like, shut up. No, I'm not like, fuck off. What did she say? Fuck off. Or like, be quiet. Who talks to Andy Cohen this way? What an idiot. What a weird moment. I, a lot of you guys are like, uh-oh, is she going to get fired like Carol? No. They cannot fire Tamara again. Unfortunately. They, I mean, I don't say unfortunately because I actually don't want anyone to lose their jobs. But Tamara is the show. And she will. They, they can't get rid of Tamara. They should get rid of Shannon, but they can't get rid of Tamara. In my opinion. It's my opinion. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, the annoying part of the show was the last five minutes when Andy asked everyone how you guys all feel and is there anything you're going to miss? And all of them going around acting coom by freaking yeah. I'm like, what show did we just watch? Are you telling me that we just watched a show for, you know, three months of you guys all hating each other? And then the last five minutes of the reunion is like, oh, I love you guys. And to see Tamara and Heather be like, I love you. I'm sorry. I should never have done this. And Tamara be like, Jen, it's so, it was so, it was so wrong of me to bring up Ryan, which by the way, Tamara has brought up Ryan since the episode, since this aired. Um, and I promise I won't do that. And then Emily going, I love you, Heather. And Heather saying like, I love you too, Emily. And everyone saying like, I love you. I was like, what? Is this like, oh, camera wraps, like let's all be friends. I don't know. I felt like duped. I was like, what did we just watch? Didn't it? It was annoying to me. Like, I don't, I'm not like, hoping that people are fighting, but I'm like, oh, you can get over it like that where we're now going to all have dinner, but we just called each other disgusting, horrible things. Huh? Did not work for me. It was, I don't know. Andy was also really pushing like this cast. This is the cast. You guys are the best cast. We have the best cast. Yes, I agree. It's the best cast we've seen on OC in a long time. Um, that being said, I would be very happy with a new OC cast. I think they could get some really great 30-somethings in there that, like, we're seeing on TikTok and shit. I don't know. I don't know. It's – I'm kind of done. I'm kind of done with these older, like, dramas. Um, It would be – I don't know. I don't know. But I'm also just, like, in an I don't know place in my life right now, you know, given the week. So, like, I feel like I'm just – I don't really – I don't really care. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. Like Taylor Swift last night, you guys, you know, I'm a Swifty. Taylor Swift had her movie premiere opening and Beyonce was there and like, what a big deal and so exciting. And I didn't care. Like I didn't care. Something's wrong with me. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm bored. Tonight is real, uh, I was going to say real housewives of Southern Charm. Tonight is Southern Charm. I will be watching that. I will be letting you guys know what's going on. And let's, um, let's keep talking. I, uh, I need to definitely um, take care of myself this week. I appreciate the doser support. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to put together some sort of fundraiser for tomorrow. And, um, and hopefully you guys can join live uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow Pacific on YouTube. Thank you so much for the subscribe, excuse me, subscribing and for liking and commenting and being there as a source of support in really, really dark times for me and my family and my friends. Um, and a lot of you guys, I know I have a ton of Jewish dosers and 
the fact that you're sending me messages that I'm helping you is like beyond. I appreciate it beyond. Um, okay. I will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much. Bye.